Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, November 22, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, we have a lot of stuff on the docket today. We're going to talk about a lot of different things on a lot of different charts. The market put in what's called a reversal day. Now, we're going to see how high, wide, and deep this reversal day will take us. We're going to use points of reference from the past on similar days. We're going to take a look at some of the other things that accompany reversal days and see if they exist or do not exist. We're going to talk about this type of week, a holiday week, and what to expect. We're going to talk about a lot of things we got a lot of stuff on the docket. Grab a drink, sit down, let's get rolling. The first thing we always do is take a look at the daily chart and we identify what's jumping off the page on the daily chart. Well, today's activity is pretty obvious. The market started higher in the morning. We started getting a goose operation, meaning they're goosing the market after Jerome Powell was renominated to the seat of Federal Reserve Chair. Now, I'm not watching the media as I make this video and what were they discussing into the end of the day, but we'll see if that same information about Jerome Powell being the Fed chair or renominated is the result of not only the market getting a boost in the morning on a goose operation, or is it the same information that sent the market down into the close? They killed them into the close. Now, I say some of that tongue-in-cheek, and if you've been around a while, you understand that I'm not a big proponent of the actual news drives the market. There are spots, of course, but for the most part, the excuse for a move in the market is inserted after the fact. After the move, a lot of times they start looking for the reason and then assign a reason after the fact. It's not the easiest concept to wrap your head around, but if you pay attention to the market movement, pay attention to the news cycle, you'll see that they assign the reason after the fact. Let's get back to the charts, back to the tape. What do we have on our hands? Before, I discussed volume. How do we use volume on these type of days? Well, there's a couple of different ways. There's a couple of different things we're going to do. First, we immediately take a look to see if we had an extraordinary spike in volume on this reversal day where they did finish the day at the lows. That's never a good sign. Doesn't mean the market gets follow through tomorrow, but it's a hint, it's a flare up in the air. Finishing on the lows is certainly a bearish signal as opposed to the alternative. Think about the flip side. A lot of times we finish on the highs and what do we get the following day? We get a gap up the next morning. Not every time, but it happens a lot. So what we can expect tomorrow will be determined how they open them. Do they start trading higher in the pre-market or overnight, and then they trade higher in the morning, and today was just one of those aberrations? Or do they have follow-through? Do they have a gap down in the morning, and it's game on? Now, we have to look at a variety of different things to determine if there's consistency or divergences according to, at least from the S&P perspective, across a variety of different time frames. Putting things in perspective, we look at the weekly chart, and sure, they spiked the old high, that's fine. They're coming back a little bit, 
That's okay. They're high on the chart. They're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend until she tosses your crap out the window. We know all that. On this weekly chart, and here's where you have to kind of expand the range a little bit. The longer the time frame, the more rope you have to give both the upside and the downside. So here we have a breakup candle and the low is 458.20. Now I'm not saying they're coming right down to 458, but if they came down to 458, would we be referencing the weekly chart, the breakup candle low, and looking for other things closer numbers on shorter time frames in and around 458 to find evidence that would be garden variety of support. Now, it may be premature, but this is how it works. When we're looking at the weekly chart, we don't have anything above to look at other than today's high, but we have something below. And while it may be like 85, 90, 95 points away from an S&P handle perspective, you have to know your numbers. You have to come to the game prepared. Something else is of interest on the daily chart. You might want to jot this number down. Several days ago, it wasn't that long ago, actually it was last Thursday, they were making a run in the morning for 465, give or take. They reversed. They never came down to that spot. I called it unfinished business, and it is in fact unfinished business. Now there's 465, and you'll notice just below is what? Home base. The 20-period moving average, 454.57. It'll be a slightly different number tomorrow. And we're in the camp of in and around 465 was unfinished business. The exact number doesn't matter. They rarely hit the exact number, reverse back in the other direction. What they'll do is they spike it through. You don't need to know the exact number. We're using 465 for rounding purposes. Here's an hourly chart. Could it even be as low as 463.75 or lower before getting some kind of a bounce if we do get follow through in the morning? That's what this applies to. 465, 463.75 in that neighborhood should be garden variety of chart support. Now, if they reach it three weeks from now, that's different. It's if they reach it sooner than later, we have to be aware of that zone. You see all this stuff where they ate time off the clock? That's important. You have a breakup candle. This is considered a breakout area. What do we always say about those? Markets like to come back and check in at or run tests of former breakout and former breakdown areas. This one qualifies. 465 to 463.75, give or take, is a zone. Put it on a sticky note. But wait, there's more. Here's the 240-minute chart that we talked a lot about last week. And here was the situation. We had a breakup candle. We had the low at 467. They spiked it one time, but essentially what they did is they just ran sideways going back and forth before breaking to the upside. Well, that was this morning, but now we've got a failure on our hands. The low was what? 467.07. Let's see what today's low was. 467.35, so they're knocking on the door of that breakup candle low. It's an important spot. Listen, they did release some energy to the upside, then they failed. If they give up that spot around 467, it's almost like the writing would be on the wall, the unfinished business around 465, 
in that neighborhood is and would be on the table. Now, do you have a safety net from that zone? And the answer is yes, you do. We're not saying the market's going to cut through everything like a hot knife through butter, but what happens if it did, or even after it bounces, if it did at 465, 464 in that neighborhood, what's the next thing down? Well, you see this 50-period moving average on this 240 chart. You also have a pivot low here, 462 and change, and you have a breakup candle low. The next one down is 460.86, not that far from the next big fat round number. And that's the way you begin unpacking the next levels down, the next prices that are important. You narrow down the numbers on other charts, but using this 240 chart, that general area around 461 and change jumps out at me like a sore thumb. 50 period moving average, pivot low, and then you have a breakup candle low. That's another zone of interest. Those are all active for tomorrow if they're going to kill the tape. They may, they may not, but you have to come to the game pre-prepared. What do we have on the 120 minute chart? You see the same zone that we identified, and on this chart, below it, which is in the zone of the secondary price or level or number is the 100 period moving average. Of note, puzzle piece on the table. So this is the way it unfolds the night before. Big zone of interest if they're killing the tape or they bounce here and then later on come back down. This is the next area of very important spot. 461, give or take. Let's talk about something else. So we're looking at the hourly chart. And this morning we had the first hour was a breakup candle. So it had a low. They spiked the low in the third hour of the day to run down and fill the gap. That's not that out of the ordinary. They wanted to fill the gap. I get it. I was out to lunch. Some say I'm always out to lunch. But they did some kind of a sneak attack over lunch. It's not that common, but it happens from time to time. So here's the thing. So in this hour, which is the candle ending at 12.30 p.m. today, they closed below the low of that breakup candle. While they still rallied back up to do what? Run a test of the high of the last breakdown candle, which is the same candle ending at 12.30. Then they came back down. The way I look at this is, once they closed below, even though they started to rally a little bit, it's still a flare up in the air. And I would have said the flare fizzles out if they closed above the high of this breakdown candle. That high was 472.47 for argument's sake. If they did that, and this would have to be on an hourly basis since we're looking at an hourly chart, then I wouldn't worry any longer about the fact that they closed below, filled the gap. Then they would have a quick recovery, but they didn't do that. All they did was run a test of the nearest break down candle high, and then they gave up the ghost and collapsed. So once again, the way I look at that is, the flare up in the air, the warning signal was closing below the low of the breakup candle from this morning. Of note, puzzle piece, put it in the sticky note. This is the kind of stuff that's taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader. What about inside the numbers today? What about the commentary today? Frankly, holiday weeks are not my favorite week. Why is that? Because there's a lack of market participation, not that you can't get price movement in one direction or another. You can, as evidence of today, but there's a lack of participation. 
the volume is traditionally light, lulls everybody to sleep. Then on a day like today, you have some kind of sneak attack. Maybe it's a one-day wonder. We don't know. We'll find out first thing in the morning. As far as I was concerned, at zero dark 30, we were waking up green, and we were. It's a holiday week, and that's normal garden variety behavior. Back to the big fat round numbers. The trend is your friend. All that stuff. They were hanging around the highs. They're lulling everybody to sleep. That's what they do. If they decide to pull the rug out a little during a shakeout operation, what are the numbers in the southbound lane? 469.60, give or take, is important. And then below that, 469 and a quarter to 468.50 is important. Zero, dark, 30. Here's a five-minute chart. Right of the vertical is today's activity, and you can see 469 and a quarter was the actual number. Hit it on the nose, 12 o'clock p.m. today. Low of day at that time, 469 and a quarter. And they did have a pretty nice rally back after that before giving it up into the end of the day. Into the end of the day with only minutes left on the clock, that's not a number you want to take a trade at anymore. We're just looking at the first hit as the important hit, the one that happened around noontime. 469 and a quarter was the spot. Let's move along, see what else we have as the day gets underway. And by the way, might as well get the service announcement out of the way while we've got it on the board. Regular way inside the numbers today and tomorrow. Vacation, Wednesday, Thursday is Thanksgiving Day here in the U.S., and Friday is a market half day. Again, vacation for yours truly. I need some time, various times of the year, taking a couple of days. It's healthy for the mind. Everybody should do it. Frankly, I'll take my chances that Wednesday is going to be a wild day in the market. I think it's a half day. It normally is. The next day is Thanksgiving. It should be a quiet day if history has any repeatability or is any guide whatsoever. And we don't know that it will or won't be, but guess what? I'm taking a couple of days off. Moving right along. Nine o'clock, Chairman Powell was renominated. They decided to goose the market. So be it. So in the early going, we had a floater market, which was pretty much expected. They're pushing on highs. They're at new highs. There's nothing to do when they're doing that. You just leave it alone. You let them go. That's not a trader's tape. I'm going to scroll up, let you read the notes, see what else is on the board. They got wild when I was out to lunch. They found stability when I got back and then killed them into the close. We're moving right along into the end of the day. Again, pause the video, rewind the tape, do whatever you want, go back to the charts and double check the work. I'll give you an example. 133, the market was on its way back up. We're saying 471.75 to 472 is resistance. Well, there's 472. Resistance points and support areas can be magnetic. They draw price in, and then they typically will produce a reaction in the other direction. Funny how that works. We did have three opportunities on the board from Stocks on the Move today, CNQ, YNDX, AUPH. CNQ didn't do the deal. The entry level was about 40, 50 cents lower than low of day, so we just move it along. YNDX didn't do the first level. The second level was a little bit of a bounce. Then they gave it up. This was a stop out on an official basis. We're going to have to call it a crap sandwich. And this is what I mean by lack of participation. There was lack of participation in the morning, and sometimes that will work against you. I think it worked against us in this stock. Should have bounced 
at that second number. It was a little bounce instead of a real bounce. AUPH did the thing at the second number, did the thing at the third number, didn't do the thing at the first number, the first number was wrong. Technically, it gave you the base hit if you painted by the numbers, if you bought half at the first, half at the second, it bounced back up, it let you out with the minimum required base hit, and then some. Then it came down to the third number, but it didn't do it here, and it came in here. I'm not sure who was trading the third number at that point, but from an official standpoint, it actually did the deal painting by the numbers between 2175 and 2091. What's going on over in Camp IWM? So this is an interesting scenario. So we had the former high, 234.53. They ran a test of it last week. Then they got below it and closed below on Friday, but they could have had a rescue operation today, and it looked like that's what they were doing, and that would have been okay. One day closing below a spot, below the breakup candle low, that would have been okay, but technically, look what happened. Let's talk about it in terms of what happened, and then we'll refer back to what we just discussed before on that 240 chart. Here, they did close below on Friday, and they tried to rally it today back up above an important spot, and they fell away. They gave it up. So, was this a flare-up in the air by closing below the breakup candle low? I would have to say yes, because we keep seeing that over and over again, and I go with yes, it's a flare up in the air, it's a negative sign in this case. Even if they try and rally it back immediately, that's where you go, well, markets go up, markets go down, but if you look at the big picture, until they close back above a certain spot and you have to pick out a spot, in this case, I would have picked out the most recent breakdown candle high, would have been 237.07, and if they closed back above there, I would have said, okay, then they're still in good shape pushing on the highs. They ran a test of the former high or breakout area, and here they are. But so far, that's not what happened. So far, they've given it up. That's in the bear camp. Now we go over to the weekly chart, and we say, okay, well, I see what's going on here. You have a pretty big breakup candle with a low. This is from the week ending of the 5th of November. The low is 228.89. Just call it 229 for argument's sake. So what are they doing now? So they're coming down to run a test of 229, give or take. If you go back to the daily chart and we see a gap here. How about 228.05? Let's put a line at 228.05. We'll leave it there and see what happens over the next couple of days. You've got a 50 period moving average. You've got a gap. Maybe they come up short and bounce away. Maybe they don't. But when you go back to the weekly chart, what that would do is represent a little bit of a spike of the breakup candle low. Maybe they even come into the weekly 20 MA. That's possible. It's closing the week below that breakup candle low that would be a flare up in the air. Intra week, they could spike it. They could spend a few days below it. But if they close back above it by the end of the week, well, that's a bullish signal. Net net, it's an important spot. Write it down. Put it on a sticky note. What about the folks down at the transportation department? We're still using the IYT, which is perfectly fine. Remember last week, we talked about a couple of different markets that were doing different things. The S&P was basically trending slash trading slash treading water near the highs, eating time off the clock, but the transports were coming down. They came down on time. They put in a tail. They started to bounce on Friday. 
and then they bounced further today, and what did they do? They ran a test of a breakdown candle high, and in the spirit of no accidents or coincidences, check this out. There's a gap here, and the gap is 227.28. The high today is 227.19. So they couldn't fill the gap or wouldn't fill the gap. Which one is it? They could have by going up a few more pennies. They didn't. Who decided they didn't fill the gap today? Is that a signal of a weak tape? Well, I'll tell you this. They're right on the 20-period moving average. If they start trading below the 20 and they start coming down below these lows, we're going to start having dinner with Irene. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people? That's an ugly candle. Finished on the lows, made a new high, reversed intraday on volume. This is different volume than the SPY. So here, the average volume is 43.5 million shares. Today, it was about 61. Now, it's not tremendous volume. This is big volume here. This is 97 million shares. But spike of the average volume, finish on the lows after making a high from a technical perspective and the duck perspective, that's a reversal. And that's the answer to the next question. 392.50 is the next spot of garden variety of chart support from a daily chart perspective. You got the 20 period moving average. When you go down to an hourly chart, we could certainly make a case that the market ate time off the clock and then broke out from here, did come back to run a test of that in this spot here, but it's a still important spot. On the 240 chart, we have the 50 period moving average sloping up under that, 392.50. Maybe it's a spike of it by a little bit. Maybe they do or don't hit the 50 period moving average on this chart anytime soon, but it's the general zone. Here's a breakup candle low. 393.66. So you can see here there's reasons a little above and a little below why this general zone is garden variety of chart support. On the 120 chart, just so happens that the 20 period moving average or home base on this chart is around the same price. Further evidence that we should see some kind of an assemblance of support slash by the dip crowd if they were down there, let's say, early on Tuesday about the financials? So we talked about this last week. What did we talk about? We talked about the gap at 38.93. What did they do on Friday? They came into the gap, spiked it by a little bit, and bounced away from it and closed above it. And then today they had a nice rally away from it before getting dragged down with the rest of the market by the end of the day. But they did the thing that we talked about at least two, maybe three times. How does this one turn back to the bullish side? Well, you get above this high, 40 bucks, it's 40.05. You get above that, you're above the 20 period moving average. You would be back above all moving averages. And guess what? The trend would be, once again, your friend. About Smash Mouth, similar to the Qs. They were ripping higher early, reversed by the end of the day. It's an ugly candle on volume. This is the duck. This is how the market is indicating back to us that there's lower prices ahead for Smash Mouth, for the Qs, and likely other markets by virtue of what they did. The anomaly, or the 20%, would be to reverse right away and go back up. The 80-20 rule says that this was a reversal. Doesn't have to mean collapse right now, but it's a reversal. There's a gap to be filled right under 305. What's the likelihood they don't fill that gap anytime soon? It's likely they do fill that gap sometime soon. 
If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.